welcome to the 59th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. Before we get started, our usual disclaimer. Heavy spoilers ahead. Turn back now if you haven't seen these movies. This week we're doing a single serving size episode, and that's one in which uh, we cover fewer than the three films that I consider a limit for a franchise. So this week we're talking about something that seems appropriate given world events, and that's The Crazies. There are two movies total, The Crazies from 1973, directed, written, and executive produced by George A. Romero, and as you'll recall, we did an episode about all his zombie movies back in episode 22, original screenplay by Paul McCullough, starring Lane Carroll, Will McMillan, and Howard Wayne Jones. Produced by A.C. Croft. Music by Bruce Roberts. Then there's The Crazies from 2010. That's a remake. And is directed by Breck Asner. Screenplay by Scott Coza and Ray Wright. Starring Timothy Oliphant, Rada Mitchell, Joe Anderson, and Danielle Panabaker. Produced by Michael Aguilar, Dean Jorgaris, and Rob Cowan. And music by Mark Isham. Where to find these movies? Well, Amazon has both for free, as does Tubi. Voodoo has the first one for free and the second one for $4. YouTube has the first one for $2. And the second one is also free. Google Play has both for $2 each. And they are not on Shutter, Netflix, or Hulu. Rotten Tomato scores. The first Crazies from 1973. Critics gave it a 67. Audiences gave it a 43. 2010 Crazies. Critics gave it a 71. Audiences gave it a 56. Now on to the plot. As I always do, I'll read the brief synopsis from IMDb and then my notes on the plots. So the first, The Crazies. The military attempts to contain a man-made virus that causes death and permanent insanity in those infected as it overtakes a small Pennsylvania town. And that was from IMDb. Uh, people in the town of Evans City, Pennsylvania are acting strangely and it's because a plane crashed in their water system, in the river that feeds their water system, and that plane contained something called the Trixie virus, which was a biological weapon uh, being created by the military. So the military arrives to cordon off the town, and they're also trying to find a cure at the same time. There's lots of conflicts between local authorities and the military and the townspeople. Everyone's panicking and trying to escape. Um, in this movie, you can tell people are... It's, it's hard to tell who's infected and who's not infected. They don't look any different. And probably because the budget on this show was so um, low, they didn't have any money to make anybody look any different. But um, they do act strangely, or they may become very violent. So that's how you can tell them apart. We follow a group of survivors. So it's David um, and Judy, who works at the doctor's office, and then David's friend Clank, and uh, a few other people. Uh, a woman and her father. 
So we follow them as they try to get out and escape. There's lots of people shooting each other. Lots of guys running around in those little white hazmat suits with uh, respirators on. But in the end, um, Judy's killed, Clank's killed, Kathy's killed. Only David is left, and he's brought in by the military. And there was a guy who thought he had a uh, vaccine, but he was killed earlier along with some bunch of some other people before he could tell anybody what his research entailed, and now they can't figure it out. Um, they do say sooner or later somebody has to be immune, and then they will use that person to make a vaccine. In the end, the military reports 2,100 survivors out of the town's population of somewhere around 3,500, but of course many of the survivors... Um, are out of their minds, so I'm not sure how, how much you call that surviving. Uh, the head colonel there is now ordered to Louisville, where they say there are reports of people with similar symptoms. So in the end of the movie, he uh, has to go out in this big square in the grass, take off his old clothes, put on his new clothes, and then they airlift him out via helicopter. Um, to be honest, the pacing, I found the pacing in this movie to be um, a bit off. I know that's true of lots of 1970s movies, but um, I just had a hard time with it because of that. I wish it had been edited differently. Also, some of the fight scenes are just horrible, um, and that really took me out of the movie. So this one, I've watched it a couple of times. Uh, I have a hard time holding my interest when watching it, but remember, it was a low-budget movie, and um, pacing was different back then. On to the remake from 2010, IMDb says, After a strange and insecure plane, an unusual toxic virus enters a quaint farming town. A young couple are quarantined, but they fight for survival along with the help from a couple of people. So the show starts out with a bang. We see the main street of a town called, small town called Ogden Marsh, uh, Iowa, and everything is ablaze. And then Tex pops up and tells us it's two days earlier. The community's gathering for a baseball game, and a guy with a shotgun runs onto the field, and they think he's drunk, so they try to talk him down, but they eventually have to shoot him and kill him. Um... The county sheriff, David, so this time they've turned David into a sheriff, uh, tries to talk the guy down, but he can't. Uh, and the next we see a guy burn down his house with his wife and son hiding in the closet. And when the police come, he's mowing the lawn. And so we are off to the races. David's wife, Judy, is a doctor in this version of the movie. Uh, the other one, she worked in a doctor's office. I think she was an assistant. Uh, she and Judy's just found out she's pregnant, and we meet Judy's assistant Becca and David's deputy Russell. So Russell takes the place of the Clank character in this movie. The cause of this craziness is a military aircraft that crashed into a river that feeds a water system. So that's the same as previously, and then the infected drank from the tap, and then they exhibit, exhibit flu-like symptoms, and then some try or anybody that's infected tries to kill everybody. The military quarantines everyone with a fever, and that includes Judy. So David spends uh, some of the movie trying to get to her and get her back. 
Um, and then the military sends several truckloads of people without symptoms, supposedly to another town after they give them ID bracelets. Uh, David and Judy later find trucks filled with dead bodies that have been incinerated. So I'm not sure if anyone got out alive in this movie. And if the military was just going to kill everybody, I'm not sure why they spent all the time to give them wristbands unless they just didn't want them to uh, panic and run away. So the four people that I mentioned previously try to escape town. Becca is killed in a... Um, car wash sequence. That was a really good sequence. Russell sacrifices himself. He was infected anyway so that David and Judy can get away. And they get to a truck stop where they're almost killed again. Um, and there are some good scenes there. And then they manage to escape uh, town in the cab of a semi. They hear the countdown by the military on the radio. And the military plans to nuke the town. And... Um, the tremor, so there's a mushroom cloud they see in the background. The tremor um, turns the truck over, crashes it. Luckily, they're both able to escape without being hurt. And they start to walk on foot to Cedar Rapids, which is the next town over. But it looks like the military is still observing them via satellite. And they plan for Cedar Rapids to be the next plan, uh, the next town that they need to irradiate. Um, like I said, there were some really great scenes in this uh, show, uh, but let's talk about that more during trivia. And also, um, I really like this movie. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, you can't really compare it to the first movie because it's kind of like apples and oranges. Um, but yeah, I thought it was great. So trivia for the first movie. The originals, The Crazies, only had a budget of $275 million, which is nothing by today's standards, and made a box office of a hundred. No, did I say two hundred seventy-five million? Two hundred seventy-five thousand, and had a box office of a hundred and forty-three thousand. So it didn't do well at the box office. Romero did this movie five years after *Night of the Living Dead*, and Romero's films also have an element of social commentary. *The Crazies* is anti-war and shows what can happen if a biological weapon is unleashed in the U.S. This film and three others were released uh, before Dawn of the Dead, um, which was his next big success. So there was Night of the Living Dead, then these four movies, uh, none of which did well, and then hit, the next hit was Dawn of the Dead. So the four movies are uh, Martin, There's Always Vanilla, Season of the Witch, and The Crazies. And uh, let's see. This movie was filmed in the actual town of Evans City, Pennsylvania, and some town called, well, I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce this right. This is rough. Uh, Cono Quinizing, Pennsylvania. Anyway, uh, many of the extras were locals and high school kids. No stuntmen were used. The local firemen handled everything. And Romero makes two cameos in this movie, first when being heard into the high school and second as the head of the president that they see on the screen um, when they're talking. The original screenplay by McCullough, who was Romero's friend, was called The Mad People. Um, and Edith Bell, who plays the lab tech, is the wife of the film's presenter, 
Lee Hessel. The original film was from two perspectives, both the townspeople and the military. The second movie would just show us the townspeople's perspective. And the final song that runs through, uh, that runs during the credits of this movie is Heaven Will Help Us by Beverly Brimmer. I think it's Heaven Will Help Us All. And it's also been remade by Stevie Wonder and a number of other people. On to the 2010 movie. This film opens with We'll Meet Again by Johnny Cash. And before we go any further, I would like to play that for you. So here's We'll Meet Again by Johnny Cash. We'll meet again Don't know where Don't know when But I know we'll meet again Some sunny day Keep smiling through Just like you always do Till the blue skies drive The dark clouds far away And will you please say hello To the folks that I know Tell them that I won't be long And they'll be happy to know That as you saw me go I was singing this song We'll meet again Don't know where Don't know when But I know we'll meet again Some sunny day Yeah, we'll meet again I don't know where And I don't know when But I do know that we'll meet again some sunny day. So honey, keep on smiling through just like you always do till the blue skies drive the dark clouds far away. And would you please say hello to all the folks that I know And tell them I won't be long They'll be happy to know that as you saw me go I was singing this song We'll meet again, don't know where, don't know So this movie had a budget of 20 million and a box office of 55 million, so obviously much more money than the original. The interiors were shot in Georgia and the exteriors were shot in Iowa. The house that was burned down was an abandoned building that was going to be burned down as a drill by the fire department. 
so they filmed it. They rented decommissioned helicopters for the helicopter scenes, and there are um, a number of helicopters used in this movie. The makeup for the infected had veins visible throughout their bodies and different colored eyes, so they wanted to make um, the infected look different from just regular people, but they did not want to make them look like zombies. Each actor that became crazy had to be um, in makeup for three hours. So those were some good visuals on those, especially, I think, on the guys in the truck stop. Elizabeth Banks turned down the role of Judy because she thought it was too similar to her role in Slither. Lenox, Iowa, population 1,401, is the closest actual city to the coordinates seen by the satellite. They also filmed some scenes there, including the baseball scene. Lynn Lowry, who played Kathy in the original movie, can be seen briefly in this movie. She's a woman riding a bike through a deserted town and by uh, David. And the Trixie virus, as I said, is a biological weapon that was created by the government. And there's more, a couple of really good videos on that on YouTube if you want to check that out. Um, as I said previously, there are some great visuals in this movie. Uh, besides the ones I already mentioned, there's um, close to the beginning where a woman is standing in front of a big, uh, I think it's a combine tractor machine in the barn looking for her husband and it's night and the light is streaming off the headlights through the machine and the machine is running. Um, and I thought he was going to end up run, trying to run over her with that thing. So that was a really good visual. And then when the guy with the uh, pitchfork, I think it's the principal, um, drags the pitchfork across the ground into where um, all the infected are strapped down into gurneys and then proceeds to just stab them through the bed with a pitchfork one by one. That was a great visual as well. And then when David and Judy drive away and see the mushroom cloud behind them, I thought that those visuals were really good. Obviously, they're CGI. Uh, Timothy Oliphant has been in tons of stuff. You may best remember him from Justified, Deadwood, Santa Clarita Diet, etc. And Rada Mitchell's been in lots of stuff too, including Pitch Black, Silent Hill, and High Art. Okay, why should you watch these movies? Well, um, although the first movie was a box office failure, it has become a cult classic. As I said, I had issues with the editing of the movie, but I still think it's worth a watch for historical perspective. And as I said previously, I really like the second movie a lot, so you should definitely check that out. Recipes. There really is, I say this every week, but there really is not much to go on um, with these movies. So I ended up with some cookies, they are called the Pride of Iowa, since the second movie takes place in Iowa. Um, and they are from a website called lovefoodies.com. And the cookies date back to the 1950s, uh, and the use of oatmeal is because the Quaker Oats Company was situated in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and the region was heavily populated with oat fields. The use of coconut in the cookie was most likely due to the Mississippi River trade, and the nuts used would have been black walnuts, which grow everywhere in the region. So that might explain 
why they are called the Pride of Iowa Cookies. Um, this recipe is from a woman named Libby Myrick, and it's her mother's recipe. Uh, prep time and cook time is about 10 minutes, and these ingredients will yield six dozen cookies. So it's one cup brown sugar, one cup white sugar, one cup shortening, two eggs, one cup coconut, three cups rolled oats quick, two cups flour, one teaspoon soda, one teaspoon baking soda, baking powder, half a teaspoon of salt, half, one teaspoon of vanilla, and if you're like me, you put more vanilla in there because I really like vanilla, and one cup chopped nuts or chocolate chips. So pretty straightforward. Um, it says uh, use a silicon cookie sheet so that the cookies don't stick. And um, you can find, uh, let's see, other info about it on the website. I will put that. I won't go through the directions of how to do it because um, I'm sure you already know how to make cookies. Uh, I will put that on our website. And let's see, what else do we have? Where to find us? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. We need all the help we can get. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright. Contact us by email at foodandfright at gmail.com or check out our website at foodandfrighteningfilmfanatics.podbean.com. So in conclusion, that's it for this week. Um, I know it's a very trying time for everyone. I'm just going to keep uh, with my normal schedule as long as I can because, um, um, yeah, what else am I going to do? can't leave the house. Um, and I would say after thinking about this, you know, we joke all the time or we used to about zombie apocalypses. I would much rather have a zombie after me uh, right now instead of something invisible that I can't see. So, but we don't get to choose. So here we are. So please stay safe. Please stay home as much as possible. And if you're in one of those states that's told to shelter in place, you don't have much of a choice. And hopefully we will talk to you here next week. Bye for now.